Thank you so much for listening to the Katie Helper Show. We have a great show for you today. It's from our live taping at the Brooklyn Commons. We do that every second Wednesday of the month. And on this show, we have a great, 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 great discussion with Abby Martin, who is the host of The Empire Files, but she's also starring in a recently released intelligence report that claims that Vladimir Putin directly interfered in the U.S. presidential elections in order to undermine Hillary Clinton and boost Donald Trump. And this report, the that was put out by the director of national intelligence mentions Abby Martin by name and mentions the role that she and her show breaking the set on RT played in allegedly helping elect Donald Trump. It's very interesting. You'll see that it, it turns out that show ended in two years ago, but somehow was prescient enough to cause uh, Hillary Clinton to lose the election. The report also has no evidence for the claims that there was real interfering and it doesn't say that it affected any vote tallying or counting. So that's all so interesting. We also talked to Mike Preisner, the producer of The Empire Files, Nando Villa, a writer and producer from Fusion who made the documentary Trumpland, and Sam Alcoff, a producer for Democracy Now! And we introduced a special feature called 10 Questions in 10 Minutes with journalist Ben Norton. In order to hear the full interview, which you're definitely going to want to do because it includes a lot of juicy things, including a lot of cursing, make sure that you join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Join and you'll get access to the full rest of the interview. And we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. You know what? Let's just get the show on the road, shall we? I'm ready. All right, cool. We are bringing up to the stage a very smart guy. This is the first, or the debut of a, a segment we're doing called... 10 questions in 10 minutes. So bring to the stage, bring yourself to the stage, Benjamin Norton. So Ben, who writes for many places, including Salon. I was a reporter at Salon. I'm actually now a reporter alternate. Love alternate. Good oh, in the gray zone, in the gray zone with, yeah, with I, friend of the I show. I work on the gray zone project, which is edited by Max Blumenthal. Nice. Hi, Max. Hey, come back onto the show. Okay. That sounded like a rap. Okay, so are you ready for your 10 questions uh, in 10 minutes? Yeah, if I can preface, I'll say sure. you, you promised that you were going to ask me 10 questions and you sent me like 10 phrases. Oh, yeah, don't uh, worry. So you're like, like one of them, one of the questions is just the word sessions. Yeah. Technically, so like those aren't really questions. Actually, not zero yeah. of the 10 Unplugged were questions. Unplugged sessions. It's the Katie Halper Show Unplugged sessions. So I, I want to know your opinion on them. We want like more of a free association yeah, slam yeah, poem. It. You want to know what the question is? I didn't want to give it away, but now I will. What's oh, the okay. deal with... Oh, sweet. Okay. okay, I got it. What's the deal? Sessions. Jeff Sessions is an Alabama politician who has a history of extreme racist remarks, and he once said that the only reason he disliked the KKK is because they smoked pot. He's now being considered the attorney general for the Trump administration. He's been going through Senate hearings this week. Democrats have really not pushed hard at all. In fact, the New York Times said that the hearing did not have any vitriol. He actually, importantly, made some breaks with some Trump policies. He said that he actually wouldn't consider a permanent ban or a temporary ban, perhaps, on um, Muslim immigration. But he's still an extreme racist. In 1986, MLK's widow, Coretta Scott King, published a letter in, in which she encouraged Congress not to appoint him as a federal seconds. judge. He ultimately did not become a federal judge because of his ties to racist groups and his extreme white supremacist views. Oh. And uh, now he'll be again at the helm of the Department of Justice. Awesome. And of course the not KKK him. is a white supremacist terrorist organization. So uh, we should be it's clear more about of a pot. That. It's more of a pot <laughs> pool. Okay. Uh, what Tillerson, what's the deal? 
All right, so Tillerson was formerly the CEO of ExxonMobil, which is the eighth largest corporation in the world. And of course, he has a history of uh, large oil spills, etc. Bill McKibben published an article in The Guardian this week calling him the physical embodiment of big oil. And now he's going to be Secretary of State and oversee foreign policy for the US government. He was also grilled even by Republicans, including Marco Rubio and wow. some anti-Russia hawks. And Tillerson oversaw a corporation that funded anti-science propaganda for years, even though ExxonMobil in 2006 acknowledged that anthropogenic climate change was happening. They were still, before that, actively for years, funding anti-science propaganda that you know, climate change is now already leading to deaths throughout the global south and is going to make things even worse over the, in the upcoming years. What's the deal with Israeli raids? Okay, so I mean, you know, frequently, you know, since 1967, the West Bank has been under illegal Israeli occupation by the Israeli military, and frequently the Israeli military occurs at raids against Palestinians. But also, we're already seeing an extremely emboldened right-wing government in Israel. It's been empowered by the Trump administration, which is essentially going to let it do whatever it wants. And according to UN data, in 2016, just in the first six months, the Israeli military demolished as many Palestinian homes as it had in 2015. So things are getting worse things and worse. Things are on the up and up. Very okay. productive. They don't, who needs homes? Betsy DeVos? What's the deal? So this is going to be the likely uh, Secretary of Education for the United States. She's just a billionaire who is a longtime Republican operative. And she uh, also is a crusader against public education. She's a staunch supporter of corporate charter schools. And actually, she was funding a think tank that released a policy paper that called for the abolition of child labor laws. She's an abolitionist. Good for her. <laughs> so, like, uh, more chimney sweeps. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. well, what do children learn in school? They learn math. When they, I mean, they could be, you know, cleaning. Black lung. They could be learning black lung. Exactly. Nimble fingers, man. Yeah. Exactly. Think about okay. all the skills. Okay, keep going, Ben. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, no, that's good. Doesn't oh, she hey, well, I'll add Doesn't one thing. I'll add one thing. So uh, Devos's brother, Eric Prince, is a Navy SEAL who, uh, founded, who founded Blackwater, the mercenary group, which is, of course, responsible for uh, crimes in, in Iraq and elsewhere. Wait, but isn't she a wrestler or something? We're all wrestlers, technically. Yeah, at heart. I know. Okay, I, I wrestler identify. What's the deal with hacking? There are allegations that Russia was behind the hacking of the DNC and also of the uh, emails of John Podesta, who is the chair of Hillary Clinton's campaign, a longtime Democratic operative who played an important role in the transition of um, Obama's administration, etc. There has been very little evidence as presented. It's, it's very possible that Russia could be, be behind the hacks, but there's this kind of extreme hysteria going on, and there's this claim that Russia hacked the U.S. election, whatever that means. I mean, it, it grows from hacking Podesta's emails to hacking the U.S. election. There's this ambiguous language. Uh, the reporting on it has been very irresponsible. I mean, the Washington Post ran a story last week that they actually had to completely redact and then publish another story uh, reflecting the fact that the previous one had been false, claiming that Russians supposedly hacked a Vermont electrical grid, but actually it was a computer that wasn't even connected to the internet that had Russian software, but that doesn't mean that it was actually Russian hackers. I mean, it's like finding an AK at a crime scene and saying that this is obviously a Russian plot. It's, it it's, is, though. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's possible that Russia was behind the DNC leaks. In fact, uh, today, on uh, Wednesday, I think, yeah, today's Wednesday, whatever, uh, Trump Obviously, Trump it's the Katie Helper Show day. Yeah, the best day of the week. Oh, I mean, it's not really the best day. Actually, Wednesday's kind of suck, but... Uh, but, but for the Katie Helper Show, Trump, we would abolish them. Actually, Trump did say today that it's very possible. He was like, yeah, Russia could have probably hacked the DNC, but... I mean, there's also a long history, of course, of, of the U.S. not only hacking, but overthrowing democratic elected governments throughout the world, and, and not just back into like, the famous example in 53 in Iran, and 54 in Guatemala, and 73 in Chile, but even 2002 in Venezuela. Stop coup even dropping. Even 2009 in Honduras under Obama. So, I mean, this is... Right, it's We true. love it. We love it. That's, yeah. that's the American way.
Hacking and coups. coups but you know, we, we like it to be American exceptionalism, so we don't like when Russia does it. Okay. I'm trying to red bait myself. No one's accused me of being a Putin stooge, and I feel kind of bad. It's not really bad. red baiting, though. Putin's right wing. I mean, Thank like this, this is obnoxious, Thanks, all ben. these comparisons. I really thought, when, every night when I sang the Internationale, I, I was looking at a picture of him, and now I have to redo my feng shui and bedroom and all that stuff. No, I know that. That's the funny thing. We were just So serious question. Were you singing the Internationale in, in Russian or French or English? or um, English and Spanish. Okay, good. Okay. And then what's the deal with... Uh, Inauguration protests. Oh, okay. So uh, on J20, there's everyone should be going to the inauguration. There's going to be huge 20th. protests. January 20th. Uh, you know, there's large protests organized by a bunch of different organizations. There's also protests planned for the next day, a kind of like Million Women's March, which is like, um, you know, highlighting Farrakhan the Trump, the Trump impending Trump regime's anti-women, you know, misogynist policies, the potential attack on abortion rights. Bring also, those, yeah. also some far-right paramilitary types, you know, like these like far-right gun nuts who you know, like white supremacists also claim that uh, communists are going to try to prevent the inauguration of Trump on the 20th, so they're going to come out potentially armed. Like the Oath Keepers released a threat. All right, things are looking good. There okay. could potentially be an inauguration. Are you going, Ben? Uh, of course I'm going. All right, cool. It's going to be um, great. Obama farewell speech. So Obama gave his speech on the 10th in Chicago, and, you know, he said a lot of great, you know, liberal feel-good rhetoric, even though many of this, much of this contradicts his own policies. He spoke about racism, which is, of course, important, he, and the failure of a supposed post-racial order. He also, uh, you know, made some thinly-veiled um, critiques of Trump, and he spoke about the importance of immigration, but the irony is that the Obama administration has overseen more deportations than any other administration, more than 2.5 million people. Obama also spoke about the importance of peace, etc., but, I mean, this is someone whose administration, we now know, dropped 26,000 bombs on seven Muslim-majority countries last year and is currently overseeing several more wars and in Yemen. I also just want to mention Yemen because I have to mention Yemen. So we were talking about Israel, but this week the U.S. backed Saudi forces in Yemen, which had been bombing the country for 21 months and killed 10,000 people, etc. They also bombed another school this week. So, yeah, bombing schools isn't a good look, Obama. Or maybe it is for some people. Mm. I'm just trying to represent, you know, both sides. I don't want I don't want people to think we have a bias on this show. So. And then Trump leak Trump leak Trump Let me presser. Skip the presser. I'll I'll combine these. Okay. BuzzFeed published this dossier that includes alleged uh, research on Trump, although it actually has some demonstrably false errors in it or f supposed facts in it, but it could, some of it could potentially be true. One of the most eye-catching or eyebrow-raising or whatever adjective you prefer tidbits in this dossier is allegations that when he was in Moscow, Trump hired prostitutes to pee on each other. Um, so there's like been this like golden shower thing, which I mean, I'm sure there'll be a lot of jokes about this tonight because there's just so many, it's just so rich comedically. Um, I don't, I don't kink shame. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I actually did see people on my Facebook feed arguing about uh, kink shaming. So, I mean, there you go. That Donald Trump's already, he's not even president. He's already inspiring all these national he's dialogues. He's woke Trump. It's like woke what, it's, Trump. It's like what Clinton said about, about Nancy Reagan. She inspired a national yeah, dialogue, a national dialogue. people were dying of AIDS. Um, but I'm oh, sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, she this did. It was five years later, but it still started. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Trump inspired national dialogue 10, 10 days before being president about, about kink shaming. Well, look. Um, Absolutely. He's sex posy, man. Yeah. yeah he's, this he's is a Dan Savage moment. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I, I he destigmatized the I P word, that, guys. Man. Am I right or wrong? How how many people now say that word freely? P. P. A little diminutive word for a cat, which we can't say right now. But uh, I'm telling you, oh, how much one. did he put that into the? He did what feminists have been trying to do for decades. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Wait, wait. So I'll finish this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So BuzzFeed published this, and hashtag woke Trump. You can this dossier that. was written by a former British intelligence official who's anonymous. I mean, Nigel. A, a, a name is potentially being released. <laughs> 
not Nigel, but Nigel is a very British name. That's that what I'm saying. Like Why don't we call him that? That should be his. Yeah. Name. If I could feign a British accent, I would say it like that, but I just, I, no, I, I suck Joe. accent. Nigel. Um, so, so this potential Nigel person, and this, the, the problem, of course, is that this former British intelligence official actually had been hired as an oppo researcher for both anti-Trump Republicans and then later for uh, Democrats. So, I mean, there's this been attempt, and it been an attempt to discredit this dossier. Who knows? I mean, the FBI actually, which allegedly used it as part of its report, hasn't actually fact-checked it yet. So, anyway, so BuzzFeed published this thing, and um, you know, some journalists were actually pretty critical of it because the uh, official and the people like pushing out this dossier had reached out to multiple journalists who actually didn't want to publish anything about it because it was somewhat questionable. Flimsy, um, flimsy. Well, anyway, so there was there was a presser today, which is one of the most bizarre pressers I've ever seen in my entire life. It's actually worth watching, in which Trump calls Buzz. Feed a failing pile of garbage. I think it was uh, disgraceful, disgraceful that the intelligence agencies allowed any information that turned out to be so false and fake out. I think it's a disgrace. And I say that, and I say that. And that's something that Nazi Germany would have done and did do. I think it's a disgrace. That information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public. As far as BuzzFeed, which is a failing pile of garbage, writing it, I think they're going to suffer the consequences. They already are. Um, <laughs> which, you failing, know... Failing, that implies that there's uh, like any... I am certainly no f fan of Trump, and I hope he fails in every single way possible. But actually, he's not necessarily completely wrong in that assessment. Um, uh, he's like, I hate listicles. Yeah, I mean, although, I mean, I, I, this is true in general, much media. But And then a CNN journalist asked him, he said, well, you know, you're criticizing us, you've been trying to ban us, etc. Can we at least ask a question? And Trump, it was a remarkable moment, watch this video. Trump just says, like, no, 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 I can't, no, you, I hate you, blah, 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 you cannot, you cannot ask me any questions. Since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go since ahead. you're, no, Mr. President-elect, Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? Your organization You are attacking our news organization. Can you give us a chance to ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can you state, Mr. President-elect, can you state categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you give us a question? I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, Go ahead. can you stay categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not Go appropriate. Um, <laughs> Which it kind of is, but so, not for the right uh, It's amazing to see how this like fake news narrative has really backfired uh, because... The corporate media actually does sometimes publish some actual fake news, as I mentioned with the Washington Post. And um, it's amazing to see how like this extreme far-right demagogue, whose right-hand man is the former head of Breitbart, which is Fake News Central, which published another fake story recently demonizing Muslims and claiming they burned down a church, which is absolutely ridiculous, shouting Allahu Akbar, which German police no said sense. was completely false. So, I mean, there's fake news all around, except on the Katie Halper show. And I right. Guess, like, Thanks. For well. real. Thank it, you. Well, Ben, thank you. You did a... a an amazing job. And in fact, we have a surprise judge who just dropped in. He didn't even know. You guys know the headlines. Who, who, when you think of headlines, this audience probably will know what I'm talking about. When you think of headlines, what do you think of in the morning? Democracy Now, right? We have, a demo we have two, one current, one former Democracy Now producers in the audience. Aaron Mate, thank you for coming. Yeah. How would you, as, as a former Democracy Now host and producer, how would you judge these headlines? Would, would it, do you give it a D and thumbs up? 
You made Amy and Juan proud. So Thank you. I'll also be honest, I, I stole a bunch of that from Democracy Now! headlines anyway. Because so. we're democracy later. I've oh, always said that. We're socialism later. Democratic socialism later. So... Thank you again, Ben. Okay, so guys, as I was saying before, this is really exciting because uh, it's not every day that we get like someone named by intelligence. Again, we, we all like to think that, I'm just kidding, I was going to make a joke, but people won't get it. I was going to say we all like to think that we all played a role in, in Trump's election because we're accelerationists. I'm kidding, we're not. But um, Mike Reisner and Abby Martin from The Empire Files. Where do you guys want to sit? Wherever. Thanks so much for coming. Do you guys feel comfortable? Were you tailed on your way yeah. here? Yeah. Yes. Always. Always, yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit, like a little short, the personal is political. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it is. So can you tell us a little bit about how you became involved and what you're currently involved in? That's a big question, but I'll just say that uh, doing citizen journalism, covering my community in Oakland, and uh, seeing the police state erupt in my backyard with Occupy Oakland, and then RT was really the only network on the ground that was covering Occupy. And so I just linked up with them there and then the rest is history. But it was all for a, a small website that I had created just as a uh, outlet. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Oh man, you've done so much in addition to that. Keep going. <laughs> um, well, my name's Mike. I uh, uh, was in the army, I was in the Iraq war and then uh, many years ago and then became <clears throat> Uh, against the Iraq War, in the Iraq War, uh, and then became a, yeah. <laughs> but good. So then I became a, an anti-war activist while in the military and, um, you know, did a lot of work over, over the years, uh, organizing other active duty soldiers and veterans uh, against the war, um, including a lot of campaigns like going to military bases and, you know, actively encouraging people to refuse their orders to go to Iraq and Afghanistan and helping them do that. Um, yeah, and then uh, for the past... For the past um, year and three months or so, I've uh, been uh, the producer and co-writer with Abby of our uh, show called Empire Files on Tell Us Your English. Yeah. Um, it's a really great opportunity. Don't they have, like, give off a really negative, like, uh, <laughs> sordid air of, uh, of uh, election engineering? You're like, no, they don't look like James Carville. What are you talking about? Um, oh, too soon. Okay. Um, well... Okay, interesting. So tell us a bit about how you discovered, and can you explain to people, yeah. I'm obviously making a reference to something in particular, but how did you discover that you guys had played such a pivotal role in the election of Donald J. Trump? So uh, I found out that the intelligence report had name-breaking this set as basically like a key propaganda vector, and it was, um, this, is, this report is insane. I mean, are you sure you didn't write it, actually? Because I know. <laughs> I was reading and I was laughing. I was, like, giggling. Yeah. So, you know, for months and months, everyone's been waiting for this intelligence report to come out that, you know, really finally proves that Kremlin engineered our election and, and put Donald Trump in office. And so everyone was waiting with bated breath. And then, of course, this report comes out completely underwhelming, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, basically, half of it was just bashing the Russian state media outlet Russia Today. Um, and not only that, but it had been like a dusted off report from 2012 um, and just tacked onto this other, like basically a couple pages just being like, you know, random allegations and unfounded assertions. So the bulk of the report was just bashing RT. It was extremely sad that that's the case that they have. And it named Breaking the Set as kind of when the Kremlin decided to start engineering and manufacturing consent to foment, quote, radical discontent. 
So, and that was her show at RT. Yeah, I mean, in this era of kind of neo-McCarthyism, that is very dangerous language when, you know, you're called unpatriotic, it borders on treasonous, essentially, if they're saying that that was a part in the context of, of bringing Trump to power. So the really, really interesting thing about this report, and by the way, the DNI has a budget of $53 billion, so you think that they could take an intern from one of the, the hundreds of think tanks in D.C. to have them literally, like, spend an hour updating the report, you know, especially the RT section? They repeated a lot of the pros. <laughs> a lot of the pros. Yeah, and, and let's talk about how insane, what, what the report alleged. So... It wasn't even that they said, you know, BuzzFeed's done better takedowns of RT. It was, it was embarrassing. It was so ten times BuzzFeed ten has times done better <laughs> takedowns than than RT. <laughs> um, and let's talk about what it said. Uh, this is the most amazing part. It basically, what the report says is that covering issues like fracking, like Occupy Wall Street, and like third-party elections was fomenting the radical discontent. Think about what that means. I mean, people watch RT to get coverage of these issues because the corporate media, media has failed so abysmally in their coverage of all these issues, just like Democracy Now! and other outlets like that. And so to say that simply covering the issues that affect Americans and their communities is part of this Kremlin plot is quite astounding. Um, and, you know, and, and also you, you see Hillary's speech um, that was basically in, in one of the leaked emails that said that fracking was a Kremlin plot as well. Fracking activists, sorry, anti-fracking activists. So that's what she said. They were shipped over. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Fox um, is actually Josh. So all Fox criticism of the U.S. Fox. and all coverage of U.S. issues that are, you know, critical is basically some sort news, of sinister propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> sinister propaganda in the eyes right. of the intelligence community. Well, the, in the intro, can I read a little bit yeah. of the key judgment summary? So this is what they wrote. Russia's goals were to undermine public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrate Secretary Clinton, and harm her electability and potential presidency. I mean... It worked. Yeah, but it's like the easiest job ever. <laughs> undermine public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrate Clinton, and harm her... Okay. I mean, I think all those things were happening for, for decades. And then apparently they have... I think this is really funny because they base this on three agencies, right? They have the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA. And so they say that all three agencies agree with this judgment. CIA and FBI have high confidence in this judgment. NSA has moderate confidence. NSA is like the like Debbie Downer, <laughs> like the party pooper. <laughs> NSA is like, I'm not, I mean, like maybe, but I'm not, I'm like moderately confident in that. And they're like, come on, just say, just say you're confident. Like, no. So like, I like the NSA now. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to join their ranks and become an NSA officer. They'll totally take me. Oh, but, they, but it didn't affect the vote tallying. Right. So, like, it's just like, it's kind of like, they have, like, a gut feeling about it. It's like they, they send out a vibe, like an anti-Clinton vibe, is, I think, what the intelligence community would call Yeah, it. I mean, they're, and, they're, and, and when they quote these things, they say alleged Wall Street right. greed. Right, right. Alleged discontent. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Like, 50% of the country... Wall Street. even know that <laughs> 50% of the country is living in poverty, living paycheck to paycheck. So to hard. say that they are not, um, you know, they don't matter and they don't exist and these, and these issues aren't real is shocking. And they also say um, Russia's state-run propaganda machine contributed to the influence campaign by serving as a platform for Kremlin messaging to Russian and international audiences. And as we all know, I mean, the world should vote for the president of the United States, but they don't. So, again, not sure what the influence of that is. Like, because your cousins from Estonia come in and they're like, you know, you really should vote for Trump. Actually, Estonians probably love Trump. Okay. Anyway, some of my best friends. I don't know if I know a single Estonian. Okay. Um, 
And then there's like, this is good, I like the way, they're like, we assess Moscow will apply lessons learned from its Putin order campaign aimed at the U.S. presidential election to future influence efforts worldwide, including against U.S. allies and their election processes. Isn't that processes? Processes. Again, use an intern, like you were saying. But pay the intern. <laughs> That's what Bernie would do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to get you to sign this for me, by the way, afterwards. <laughs> Will you guys sign this? So, this was my favorite part of it. They say that um, we assess Putin, his advisors, and the Russian government developed a clear preference for President-elect Trump over Secretary Clinton. Putin publicly indicated a preference for President-elect Trump's stated policy to work with Russia. Putin publicly contrasted the president-elect's approach to Russia with Secretary Clinton's aggressive rhetoric, quote-unquote aggressive rhetoric. So is that like a bias, or is that just literally <laughs> reacting to reality? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Thank yeah. you. Um, Thank you. And, you know, like their whole like, thing of high confidence, moderate confidence. I mean, the whole report explicitly says we have high confidence that we think this happened, right. not that we have <laughs> right. actual evidence or proof that any of this happened. It's like so. you're telling someone that someone they know they think has a crush on them. I feel like it's right. very yeah. high school. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm, I, I get, I'm really confident <laughs> that, like, Joey likes Sarah. Like, I don't have it from Joey's mouth, but I feel like, okay. Like, and Trump would be Sarah, of course. Okay. Um, then they also emphasize that it's multifaceted. It's like they have nothing to put in this report. Right. What isn't multifaceted? And, and they go through how it's like, by their nature, Russian influence campaigns are multifaceted and designed to be deniable because they use a mix of agents of influence, cutouts, front organizations, and false flag operations. Moscow demonstrated this during the Ukraine crisis in 2014 when Russia deployed forces and advisors to eastern Ukraine and denied it publicly. I'm like, you're just reading out of your like notes for what's going to yeah. tomorrow. It literally sounds like Alex yeah. Jones wrote that. Like that's <laughs> Yeah, it does, but about the United States. Yeah, super conspiratorial. Right. right. Um, so yeah, so let's go to your, um, so yeah, how did you learn though that you had played this special role? I mean, I was about to do a podcast just about the insanity of this whole Russian hacked our election allegation and then I found out, I just got, my phone started blowing up and they're like, oh, well, you did it. You done it. <laughs> so right before this podcast, I was like, well, I guess I'm part of this whole conspiracy. Even though my I show was on air before it. Trump was even, you know, in the running. Yeah, but the Russians do that. They, right. they, they're ahead they of the They time curve. travel. They yeah. knew you could have won before anyone else. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, that's exactly. the real comedic thing about it. I mean, it's like the whole crux of this report is just to show this is how Russia not only just tried to interfere in U.S. public opinion, but this is how Russia tried to influence the election for Trump. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Abby's show, Breaking the Set, their, their best show on the, the network, for sure, ended two years before the election. But not only that, you just have to look at RT shows right now and who's on RT. I mean, um, you know, Tom Hartman has one of the big shows. He endorsed big Hillary Clinton. Oh. Uh, Ed Schultz, you know, has a show. He endorsed Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. too, I believe. I mean, there's a lot of progressives. There's socialists on RT and Sputnik. And so, and we just have to look at the network and see that actually there's quite a lot of uh, very strong anti-Trump voices all over it. And, and you realize that that is the real threat, clearly. Because if this was the threat to them, if this was the the premise that they think is the Kremlin operation going on, just simply covering news that affect people and talking about inequality and talking about Wall Street greed, that means that this isn't about really Russia, it's about basically shutting down leftist progressive points of views, socialist points of views, because that's really what my show was. Um, and this is, this is the real problem though, is because there's this boycott on RT, and even progressive journalists really join in on this call to demonize RT and to go along with this whole thing. Look, you're falling prey to the propaganda machine, okay? The propaganda machine means this fomenting of a new Cold War. Um, it's extremely dangerous, and I think that we really need to take a step back, because an injury to one is an injury to all when it comes to media, especially 
In this case, state media, not only is this completely audacious and ridiculous, but if RT's right now under attack, then Telesaur might be next. Telesaur is the station we work for now. It's a conglomerate of uh, progressive Latin American countries. And then democracy now might be after that. I mean, we don't know where this could go in the Trump administration. It is going to be very insane. Their number one target is leftists. And if you watch the, the Trump press conference today, both Pence and Trump started by saying, we respect freedom of the press, but... But... And yeah. then followed yeah. with There's some journalists that have been very nice to us. We respect that. <laughs> yeah. There's some others that have been very mean. Traditionally, <laughs> it's hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know who you are. We've got a list. Free, tons of free, free press. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's funny when you said that, because I'm like, oh, we, very few people are going to be like, oh, first they came for, for uh, right. RT and I didn't say anything because I watched Telesaur. <laughs> then they came, you know, because right. we have to be like, okay, they're going to come from NPR or something so that people, because you know what I'm saying? We do have to work on our... Well, I think it says it all when Chris Hedges, a New York Times uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, is, is at RT now because of how much the media has degraded over right. the last, or degraded, rather, over the last you know, decade plus. I'm pulling a Bushism, yeah, a Trumpism, biglier. Yeah, <laughs> the media has degraded so bigly right. over the last 15 Just, years. Ed that Schultz is like a pretty, yeah. Ed <laughs> Schultz is like a, a populist, but on farm stuff, farm policy yeah. stuff, he's not at all radical at all. So just his being on RT Larry is like, King. Larry yeah, King is a Putin puppet. Example. Sorry. Sorry. He doesn't like Larry King. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Triggered. He Sorry. Does, yeah, he does look like a Jewish grandmother. Triggered. I can say that. It's the suspenders. Yeah. I can't. Um, I know. The suspenders are weird. Um, so, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. No, that's it. Um... And is there anything in here you want to particularly read about yourself? No. no. Okay. Right. That's like the best interviewing. They got like a thousand things wrong, though. Read this about yourself. <laughs> I know. No, like oh, Chris yeah. Farley, well, that was hey, the New York Times. Well, well, the best part about this report, so not only does the intelligence community say, you know, my show was somehow part of this effort, right, to get Trump elected, even though I was extremely critical of everything Trump represents. <clears throat> but not only that, so you have the New York Times coming out the next day, defending the report as Ben Norton tweeted this hilarious tweet. He was like, not only does the New York Times defend this as damning and it containing serious allegations, but then in the next breath it says it contains no hard evidence. So, but not only that, of course the paper of record the next day prints this absurd story that had been up for almost a day before I even saw it and had them issue a correction that alleged that me, as well as this other girl, Liz Wall, um, which was also just a completely staged operation um, that was piggybacking on what I did, but they said that I quit on air and denounced the station as propaganda. And that was printed in the New York Times. And, and they didn't only say that, but they, they repeated it over and over again. And basically to prove their whole point that the station is no more than a Kremlin mouthpiece. And I had to you know, contact the guy, his name was Russell Goldman. And I said, actually, the truth, us, about what happened, <laughs> the truth about what happened actually completely contradicts and undermines your entire point of this piece, which is that I spoke out against Putin on air. I spoke out against RT's coverage of the glorification of Crimea. Um, I continued to speak out. I kept my show for an entire year after that. I continued to speak out against the downing of MH17, uh, about Syria, about Ukraine. All of these things happened on a primetime show on the network. Um, so that totally undermines them. And really what it shows is the lack of courage of all these other journalists on corporate media. I mean, if I could pave editorial freedom to talk about the financier of RT, on RT, what the hell is yeah. Don Lemon doing? Yeah, it reminds me of <laughs> like, all those like uh, Rachel Maddow criticisms of Comcast. 
that I mean, it never just, happened. It's just yeah. totally defunct. It's like, okay, now what? You know? So, so anyway, it was just quite astounding to see the New York Times. And then they were editing it real time and, and rushing all these things. And then their correction ultimately still misconstrued what happened. It said Abby Martin spoke out against Putin and then left the network months later. Right. Still alleging that I somehow left over this political After disagreement. You said it's wrong or whatever. Right. When really it was just because my boss and I had problems, just like everyone at their <laughs> office. It had nothing to do, believe me, right. believe me. Believe me, I, I'm a germaphobe. What did Trump say yeah. when the golden showers thing? Believe me. Believe, Believe me. me. Which is gross, too. Like, germaphobes are gross, too. That's like that weird OCD, like, Howie Mandel thing where you're just, like, constantly pureling your body. Don't be ableist, like, Gabe. We cannot, go down. we cannot go down as I'm an so, ableist Yeah, show. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Denounce, I denounce it. So Gabe, it shows you how I'm desperate they are to really maintain their narrative. You know, right. the New York Times wants to just desperately well, and reassert this. Well, it was a correction, as no, you pointed out. But here's, not. in all fairness, the New York Times also changed its head, headline about Bernie Sanders um, <laughs> and changed it from saying Bernie Sanders uh, achieved victories through legislative slide doors, side doors into um, Sanders, through legislative side doors, Sanders achieved modest victories. That wasn't worth updating, though. Mm -hmm. They also said a missile finds children on a beach in Gaza instead of just a missile blew up kids. No, a missile. A missile found them. It was like just walking down a the beach was trying to and find just himself. met kids, and they're like, he "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. It was they, like it was like um, what's that movie with Julia Roberts? Uh, I, I don't trouble. know. Chocolate, like chocolate. Come on, self-discovery movie. I, oh my God, how all avant-garde. Eat, pray, love. Thank you. Eat, pray, love. It was like eat, pray, love missile. Sort of missile. <laughs> And instead of going to India, it just waddled onto the beach and found some Palestinians. It happens. Okay. Um, too soon. Um, but, you know, it show, I mean, it showed the real role of the New York Times. I mean, the intelligence report that came out, you know, from the centers of power in our government, I mean, it was just, you know, like it was embarrassing for them. I mean, it was so amateurishly done. Right. And you would think that any journalist who had a real interest in getting to the bottom of facts, especially when it comes to an issue like, you know, confronting the only other major nuclear power in the world, right. um, that they would want to look at it critically and really try to analyze what verify things happen. But instead, the New York Times had a very obvious mission to say, not only are we not going to question what's in this report, our job is to make people believe this report. Right. Mm -hmm. And this entire article that completely made up Abby's entire history and you know, turned on its head the reality of what she did at RT, it used it as a way to try to convince people this is why you should believe this report as fact and not right. question a single line of it. Right. And Judith Miller, does anyone remember her? <laughs> the mayor culpa. She also worked at the New York Times. So just yeah. bear that in mind. Albright deleted her tweet. Apparently Albright, what happened? What, what was her tweet? Anyone know? Oh, that Albright. I thought it was Madden Albright. Oh, I tweeted. Oh, I don't worry. I took a screenshot. Do you guys want to hear the best tweet ever? All right. This is like, sorry, just one thing. This is a woman named Sally. Sally, I know you're watching. You're probably watching at home with Neera Tandon. Um, and Sally Albright was, this is what's great about her, is that she's a comm strategist, political organizer, progressive activist, rock and roll girl. Don't be alarmed if I mistake you for a hat. I guess that's an Oliver, what's his name, Sachs? Thing reference. And she did PR for Clinton's 2008. Yes, she was she wow. was PR for Clinton's 2008 and Newt Gingrich, which means she is literally Mary Matlin and Jim Carville in one person. Not that many people can hold those contradictions, uh, but she has a nuance that I I uh, aspire to. Um, yeah, she tweeted. Uh, what did she tweet? I. 
who, who, oh, Jim, Jimmy Dore t- t- told me that. Thanks, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. We're big Jimmy Dore fans, right? Yeah. We're just talking yeah. about that. Great guy. Um, great guy. Great guy. Such a man. Really great guy. It's so weird. Comedians are terrible people, and so are men. But he's both of those and not. <laughs> just kidding. Um, not at all. What are you talking about? Anyway, she basically said, like, income inequality is a problem for only straight cis white men. Uh, the rest of us have bigger problems. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate when it's like the eviction officer's knocking on my door. I'm like, come back tomorrow because I have my period. <laughs> All right. And they're like, I'm, gonna go, I'm, I'm just going to evict a cis white male instead. Yeah, I'm going to go get the. Yeah, oh my God. It's like, oh God. I'll train you guys. I went to Wesleyan. I can train you in how to pre- pre- pretend that you're woke, but actually be racist. I'll do it. Okay. Um, just kidding. We have from. I consider these two news places kind of brothers in arms. Yeah. Bros. Uh, bros in arms. Nando Villa from Fusion and Sam Alcoff from Democracy Now! Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Yes. By the way, Sam, why don't you bring your, your son Arthur so he could tell you about his nightmares about men on Wall Street. His son literally is like, I've seen videos of his son complaining to, to his mom. He's like, I had a nightmare last night. She's like, what happened? He was like, there were men under the bed. Like, what do you mean? They were boogeymen. They worked on Wall Street. <laughs> um, so, well, Kids thank you guys. Point. And who, does anyone want to do, anyone want to summarize what happened today with Trump and the, and the presser? Or is it too, is it too PTSD provoking? <laughs> He, he basically... You work for a real news organization. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're like Trump coverage all the time. I'm Trump. Um, well, I mean, uh, Ben explained it pretty well that there was a, this uh, dossier that BuzzFeed published uh, alleging, alleging that Donald Trump uh, was compromised by the Russian government because they had videos of him uh, paying prostitutes to oh. pee on a bed that President Obama was going to sleep on. Uh, that's just like uh, that's just like locker room pranks. Yeah, Something exactly. That done, people do in real life. And um, never I thought mean, of the it. The reason I know it's the reason I know it's false is because no one peed on anyone else. The alleged the alleged <laughs> peeing only happened and on Nando the bed. And not as having. A, that's uh, not yeah. how that works. Hypothetically speaking, he doesn't know. Uh, At Democracy Now, we have no such expertise on that. Well, yeah. that, that was that one of the big problems. No, <laughs> that was one of the big problems with the journalism around this dossier is that no one called an actual expert. Right? Yeah, it's true. There's like, right. well, where were the Sex tarps? Workers. Were there tarps? You know, was there plastic? Like, tarps? what was happening? What's a tarp? A tarp is like a big piece <laughs> of tarps. plastic. You I thought you said tarps. No, a tarp's a delicious yeah, thing you that. eat. You need tarps. But everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. You need, yeah. 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 Oh, I know that from Dexter. <laughs> yeah. I'm a necrophile. I'm just kidding. Whenever there are body fluids, you want to have plastic yeah. somewhere. Whether you're killing someone or urinating someone, plastics are a good idea. Yeah. Or, like they say in The Graduate, it's a good plastics, job. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, so wise beyond your years. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. CNN reported that there was a report that the intelligence community had presented in a presidential briefing to President Obama and Donald Trump. And like, and, and this report had been floating around Washington for weeks. Um, the people behind it had tried to get uh, news organizations to report on it for a long time, and no one jumped on it because it's so obviously bullshit. Uh, but uh, you guys and, can curse uh, now. Yes. And once CNN reported that, without any details, no peeing, no nothing. Um, no tarp. Immediately after, uh, BuzzFeed published just the whole thing with uh, very little context. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but this, is, this has been floating around for a while. Mother yeah. Jones had it before the election and, yeah. uh, and referenced it, but they didn't publish it because there wasn't enough there there to substantiate Wait, it. Wait, Mother Jones had a, cr- a Trump-critical yeah. Hillary-flattering yeah, report yeah. Corn that they didn't... Yeah. Make terms. But I'm yeah. saying that the fact that they didn't go full throttle with it means it's total crap. Yeah. Because well, Clara yeah. Jeffries and, and Drum and... Dave Corn were like sure. everyone had it. No, but I'm just saying that the, yeah. these people are the people who would most want the fact that yeah, they yeah, wouldn't yeah, publish yeah. it is a kind of a damning sign. Yeah. Well, there's there's journalistic standards. I mean, it was an anonymous report from an anonymous person who might have a motive, and there wasn't enough there to to back no, they're it up. There, there. Dude's so, name was Christopher Steele, which uh, to me sounds like a Zoolander. Uh, 80s action TV well, he's show. A, he's an, he's, if you Google Christopher Steele, you will find that he was a gay porn actor in the 70s. Did um, he do tarp work? Probably did. Probably did. No, I like this tarp theme. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I feel like we just learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything to add to the to that? No, it was just terrifying that he just shut down a reporter and was just like, "I don't have to talk to you because you're fake news." I mean, that that really sets the tone yeah, for his whole I administration. Yeah, like scary. What's really scary is that CNN, in all seriousness, like what really scared me was CNN apologizing me. That. Oh I yeah, no, like, that too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. That we expect that from Trump, right? But this was, I have to admit, like the first Wait, moment. Apologize? Did, did Tapper actually apologize, or he just said that we didn't report it in the way that Trump was suggesting hold on, hold on. that we yeah, supported they were, it? Yeah, I don't think they apologized. Yeah, oh I think I think Tapper clarified. But even like, I'm, what, not, I'm not defending Clapper. I just think we should be wait, very Clapper clear or Tra- Ta- that, that I'm sorry, Tapper uh, uh, clarified. <laughs> They, they go together. I was going to. But say even what Julia terrifying. was talking about, the like behind closed doors when all the journalists met with Trump at Trump Tower. If you listen, or there was like a recording of them all just like gleefully laughing and having a grand old time. Um, so, Trump's a funny guy. Yeah, he's super <laughs> funny. Um, so that's the scary thing: is all these people are going to kowtow to Trump, um, and, and when you when you look at how he's just treated the press with complete contempt. A hundred percent. Even Megyn Kelly in her book insinuated that he poisoned her the morning of the debate. No joke. Sounds Russian. Yeah, I mean, it's like... What? No, seriously. The, the report that they that BuzzFeed published and that CNN reported, I mean, it's it's another, like, kind of laughably bad report. I mean, it just seems very, like, unsubstantiated. I don't think there's any thing that substantiates it. But, like, why do we need it? I mean, it's almost like as soon as Trump won the election, this major story about how he's on a recording bragging about sexually assaulting women, that that's just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And all the media's just treated him as like, oh, well, he's our president now, and this is how the system works, da, da, da. and hasn't mentioned anymore. I mean, how many women have come out and said that they were raped by Donald Trump who were ignored? It's like, we don't need like this kind of fake, you know, weird oh, yeah, know. story about him maybe hiring people to pee on a mattress, like whatever. It's like, we know he's sexually assaulted people, right. And he's just a pig. I mean, there's count. He's like, like the easiest guy smart. to take Pickers down. Katie, Katie, can I can <laughs> yeah, I just I jump in here for a so, second? Because yeah. I think there's actually an important note that we should away from all the jokes, which is that if if Trump is treating the press with contempt, we as consumers of the press, we may not want to. We may want to look at uh, that. That may not be a bad thing, right? So much of the press, and especially the corporate press, is willing to trade everything in exchange for access. Right. And they're willing to be, they want to be friends, they want to go golfing with Obama, they want to be all buddy-buddy, they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't I, want to risk they, that access. Yeah. You want to be in the room when yeah. it happens, the room when it happens. <laughs> there might be something to be said about a president who treats the press with contempt and forces the press to have a footing against the, the state, that challenges the state, and that doesn't say, I'm willing to be quiet in exchange for access. And so that's, that may not, I mean, that might hurt uh, Jake Tapper's feelings. It may hurt Jim Acosta's feelings. But for us who live here and who, you know, this is our world, uh, 
that may not be a bad thing that they're not all buddy buddy uh, with the well, press. To hear the rest of that interview, which includes a lot of cursing and fun discussions and passionate discussions, make sure you join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. And you will be able to access it as well as a bunch of other great bonus content. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. <laughs>